It's Monday. You know what that means. Welcome in the Highly Disputed. My name is Dylan Bishop, and with me, as always, is Ryan Stickle. How's it going, Ryan? We didn't leave the people waiting too long here. Monday, uh, when, when would you do the show last? Wednesday? Wednesday, so short week here. We're, we're getting the people back into it. Some... Some NBA stuff is finally locked in. There was a lot of uncertainty there. So, um, you know, a little NFL news as well. So we're uh, we're going to get into it here. We're going to we're going to get ahead of the play in. We won't come in in the middle of it and, and give some analysis. We'll we'll do a nice little preview. So now that we know what's happening. Right. Yeah. A big day in the NBA yesterday, in particular, last day of the regular season. All the teams playing at one time or the other. Like every Western Conference game was pretty much at three thirty. Every Eastern Conference game was at one o'clock, and it ended up being a pretty entertaining uh, closing stretch, as there was like really four Western Conference games that really mattered, and I, I think it was the best scenario where like one game from almost the very beginning, you knew the result. I was like, all right, now it makes it really, it makes it a lot more simple. <laughs> I'm only trying to figure out what happens for the results of three games to see what the what the uh, what the final seeding is going to be. And then pretty much all three of those games came down to the wire. None of them had like you know buzzer beaters or anything, but um, we did have teammates punching each other and punching walls. So there, that was fun. And then, you know, th- th- that team being down by 12 when their player that they traded five first-round picks for was sent away and sent home and suspended for the <laughs> playing game. Uh, they were down by 12, and then they ended up winning the game. Um, so I feel like put all those context clues together. If I just told you, yeah, this team was down by 12, and then they're like – they're one of their star players was removed from the team, basically like get, get out, go home. And then they came back and won. And I think if I gave only gave you that information and I gave you three guesses, I think you would come up with Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny. Rudy Gobert as a person outside, like you just, you watch him during a game for the most part, obviously, yesterday <laughs> was quite the event. He seems like a pretty boring-looking dude. Um, his game is kind of boring because he just just plays defense, doesn't have a great offensive game, um, tends to hold teams back at times just because of the way the league is today. He's kind of a boring guy, but you go back in his career – and there's so many interesting moments <laughs> that 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 surround Rudy Gobert. This being the most recent, um, you he really just I, something snapped in him. I don't know if it's just being hated constantly, and his own teammate brought it out in him. Because um, I mean, you see players yell at each other on the bench pretty regularly um, when you look at it. Uh, maybe guys get in each other's face and they get separated, but you don't often see someone full on uh, throw a punch. And it's not like, you know, he didn't punch him in the face or anything, but I mean, I, it was a, a very strong shove. Uh, yeah. it, and 
it's just funny that it happened to be Rudy Gobert who did it because it's it's just like well of course it's just this guy he's constantly finding ways to just be a, kind of a, a villain weirdo while also being this pretty boring dude like when he's not doing these things it's not like he's ever like a box office like we got to watch this guy play because you never know it's just he's just boring up until oh yeah he punched a teammate or yeah he's the first covid patient in the nba he's patient zero Uh, yeah (laughs) um you know after the whole touching the mics thing and it is funny it's you know he didn't start covid in the nba yeah he was he was the first one but it's like he didn't actively (laughs) people treat it like he, he actively brought it there himself um which is it's it's the funniest running joke like you're never gonna correct people on that no. and say like he ruined the league he started covid some people yeah. might blame him for starting covid period just the yeah, whole because the, that whole was, pandemic. it really was it was that day that kind of was like oh this is serious that the nba suspended their entire season uh meanwhile tom hanks had was uh announcing that he and uh that he had covid and it was like that was the very first like serious serious thing that happened that was like stopped. Was, the NBA is suspending their season. Yeah, and it was because they finally had a player catch it, and it was Rudy Gobert, and he just so happened to joke around about it, like earlier that day or the day before, be like, "Oh, I'm sick. What if I got COVID? Let me touch all the microphones." And then, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> even even as that happened, because the. He touched the microphones, what, a, a day or two before? I think it was the day before. Um, and that was really before COVID all hit at once. And, like, the the the, the weight of the situation, I guess I'll say. Because um, at that point, it's like, yeah, this is going around. But, like, life is going to go on because life, <laughs> life always goes on. We we haven't experienced that in our lives. And most people have. Right. On Usually Earth. the machine you gotta just, be, just churns on. you got to be really old to have gone through anything like that. Like... <laughs> like like record breaking old um but yeah at that point it wasn't a huge deal but knowing he was sick regardless and he touched the mics kind of a dick move regardless yeah like, <laughs> like no matter even, what the but what the sickness was i think a lot of us are probably a little bit more aware of of illness and probably more careful than before covid like just we at least are thinking about it at the very least and but before then it's like if you're sick don't touch all the stuff like yeah we're in the same room it's you're not wearing a mask like that wasn't a thing um isolating and all that but people just didn't do that but to go up there and like you're you're breathing on all the mics anyway but you're, you're touching them like that was already and that just kind of shows i guess what kind of person he is to where like he just thinks that's funny um, yeah. I can't remember if he got laughs in the room or not from it. I feel like he probably maybe got some, laughs. some chuckles. Yeah, but it's yeah. It I I'm not a. I don't know if anybody's really a Rudy Gobert fan. Like, does anybody identify as that? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> because like even even you know you can go through each team's fan base and you'll find somebody in that fan base who's like a huge fan of some random player because they follow the team. I don't think for anybody Rudy Gobert's played for, there's anyone in the fan base who's like, 
oh my gosh, big Rudy Gobert guy. It's just not a thing. So I think, yeah, it really he, started, I think, when he wasn't named an all-star and he cried in an interview <laughs> and Draymond Green basically just made fun of him. <laughs> and uh, that's when it first started. It's like, oh, these NBA players really don't like Rudy Gobert, do they? At that point, it was just like, you know, Gobert was just kind of a quiet guy. He had won maybe one defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, then there was the what all one all star draft where it was very clear that what was it I guess LeBron and Giannis or LeBron and KD whichever it might have, whichever one it was that year because that's the only ones it ever is. <laughs> um, they were like clearly like oh man I don't want to get stuck with Rudy Gobert on my team. It <laughs> <laughs> was great content. Yeah, also. and then as time's gone on. It was like, oh yeah, the Donovan Mitchell and Gobert relationship is fractured, so they get they're getting traded, and the Jazz are blowing it up. Then you know, there's the COVID thing, and all these combined, and then even this year, the Timberwolves traded D'Angelo Russell, and I'm reading and I'm pulling this up from CBS Sports because I remember seeing this uh, that it says in this article that. It was an open secret that Russell did not like the big man and was not interested in trying to make the partnership work. Uh, it says the team had issues incorporating Rudy Gobert, figuring out how to play with him, things like that. D'Lo wore those issues on his sleeve. He was very frustrated, often with Rudy, with him not being able to catch some passes, with him missing layups and bunnies near the rim. Mm-hmm. With his offensive struggles this season for the Timberwolves, that frustration was palpable within the Timberwolves locker room. I'm sure there's other players who had some frustrations as well, but I think they were able to say, hey, look, he's a $40 million player. We just got to figure out a way to make this happen. And it says D'Lo tried to make it work, but it was uncomfortable at times. We would come into the locker room and you could hear him actively bemoaning the situation. I've talked to coaches and players from other teams who heard him getting down on Rudy during games. There was this perception that D'Angelo Russell was very frustrated with Gobert and didn't seem as open to working with him or trying to find a happy medium as maybe some of the other players were trying to do to make what has so far been a disappointing trade and try to make it work somehow. And then, of course, we get to yesterday. And apparently that, well, oh, excuse, hold on. There's more quotes, actually. It says, Rudy knew that D'Angelo Russell was not in his corner. Rudy's a sensitive guy. He's a perceptive, he's a perceptive guy. So I don't think any of that was lost on him. Conley, not only do they have synergy playing together, this was going on about the trade, but they had more Rudy guy. Uh, let's see. Anything more in this quote? Uh, no, it's just talking about Mike Conley being a better trade for, for them. <laughs> then we get to yesterday where they're in the huddle and, you know, Gobert shoves Kyle Anderson because apparently the conversation went, you know, apparently Rudy Gobert is playing through like a, a back injury, like a sore back or whatever it might be. And Kyle Anderson says to him, hey, why don't you block some shots? And <laughs> Gobert says, why don't you grab a rebound? And Kyle Anderson responds, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> uh, like he, he was done talking basketball at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, no. Um, and then there's there was that, the that's incredible. And then there was apparently the uh, audio after the game that someone this is someone clearly was like he is complaining out loud. Let me grab my phone out real quick and record this audio. 
of Kyle Anderson in the locker room saying, y'all kiss his ass way too much, telling me to focus. Fuck is wrong with y'all. Y'all got a decision to make this summer. It's amazing. And also, whoever uh, leaked that audio really fumbled the bag, could have sold it to TMZ for a few bucks. Oh, yeah, they could have. But, yeah, that I mean, it's at this point, like, the whole thing in, in Utah did not work out, obviously. It wasn't a Donovan Mitchell problem. Because the whole thing was, oh, well, the, it's these two can't play with each other. And now we're on another team, and it's it's multiple guys. Pretty it seems like pretty much the whole team really uh, does not like him and doesn't want to play with him, and uh, he's just not worth the the draft picks and the money. Like I'm not saying he doesn't belong in the league as a player. Like he is pre- plays pretty good defense. He's a three time Defensive Player of the Year, Ryan. Yeah, but you know we get in the playoffs, and you know, you know we we know how it's gone. Well, let me let me let me put it to you like this: uh, like you said, the Timberwolves were down by twelve, and they ended up winning the game when when this incident happened. Uh, Rudy Gobert, would you like to know Rudy Gobert's stats from yesterday? <laughs> if I'm forced, sure. In thirteen minutes, Rudy Gobert had two points and three rebounds with a plus minus of minus fourteen. Elite. <laughs> Minus 14 and 13 minutes is really is impressive. It's like there's, something. there's a point where the defense is only so much of a net positive to that it can balance out like the offensive game because he, yeah. he can't he can't score at all. That's the and... thing is essentially what it's been has it's been that like basically in the regular season teams pl- take different offensive strategies than they do in the playoffs. When you get to the playoffs, teams are just like we're going to find whatever hole we got to uh, the hole that we can find in your defense and we're going to we're going to exploit it, which is usually in the form of you know, the defenses switch more in the playoffs and like all right, if you're going to do that, we're going to switch and switch until we can get a big man on a on a guard or a wing. And we're just going to go to work, and that's usually what happens. Is the Jazz, and the you know even the Timberwolves this year to an extent, would play more of that just bog standard defense where Rudy Gobert can roam the paint and get blocks with his seven eight wingspan, and then they get to the playoffs, and all of a sudden Gobert has to guard more guards, like switch out, and he's more out on the perimeter, and he gets cooked. That's essentially what happens. Right, and you're playing really good teams every single game. You're playing the same team at at least four times in a row. Yep. Uh, like, it's it's just complete <laughs> exposure. Like, and it's it's going to – well, I, I guess we'll see what they do in the, the play-in. I don't think they're going to get into the real playoffs here. Uh, but no. he's not playing against the Lakers – tomorrow and i mean i don't see why they would (laughs) bring him back if they were to win and advance i don't see why they'd bring him back after just one game like he's either gonna play or he isn't like what are we gonna is that extra day gonna help us solve this issue um i don't know if it's just like i don't know because i don't think the league suspended him right no I, i think the team did though the league you know, they suspend guys for fighting. Um, you don't see players get suspended for getting into it with their teammates. But when someone hits their teammate, 
you think the league would step in because it's still workplace <laughs> harassment. <laughs> um, yeah. But I guess the teams, the, the teams do enough there to where the league, I guess, just doesn't have to. But yeah, he's out, and I, I don't know where you go from here. I mean, the guy is just he he is not up to the value that the league has assigned him. No. Um, I think it's worth noting that the the pl- the other teams in the Jazz's division, which is who. It only only reason NBA divisions truly matter is for scheduling. You play those teams more. It, it's uh, the Jazz. Other people in the division was the Thunder, the Nuggets, the Timberwolves, and the Trailblazers. So not exactly world beaters. Murderers row there, right? Um, yeah. So we're getting the Lakers and Timberwolves in the seven eight game tomorrow. Yeah, so... So it's a 7-8 games are tomorrow. They, the 9-10 games are Wednesday. Yes, and then Friday is when... And Friday we is We will like play the 8-seed the... games. Yeah, okay. That's what, I, that's what I thought. Yep, so we have Hawks at the Heat at 7-30, and then we have Timberwolves at Lakers at 10. Those are both on TNT tomorrow. The uh, Heat are five-point favorites. The Lakers, understandably, are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Um <laughs> Might want to. I don't know if I'm. I'm. Well, see if we're, if Go Bears out, maybe they'll be better. So maybe. You well, want, that was the other maybe thing. Maybe you want we, the we, plus we, seven we, and a half. <laughs> the other thing we failed to mention with the disaster of a franchise that is the Minnesota Timberwolves is that their best defender, other other than the three time Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Rudy Gobert, Jalen McDaniels, broke his hand punching a wall. <laughs> In he the really, same game. Nobody minutes honestly, later. Honestly, nobody nobody made out better yesterday than him. Because oh yeah, he's he completely got... over. Like that would have been the story of the day outside of the playoff seedings being locked in. Is this idiot punched a wall and broke his hand? Because now he's <laughs> he's he's off scot free because <laughs> his teammate punched somebody on the bench. It's incredible. That is what a, yeah, what a franchise, that's... and they still have a shot to get in the. I mean, they win tomorrow night. They're the seven seed. seed. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, Jalen McDaniel's played only nine minutes in that game. He was only a minus two. But uh... man, and I, I, I kind of wanted. I mean, I'd rather see more games with LeBron and Anthony Davis than the Timberwolves. But if it's if it's the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves in the first round, it'd be the funniest series. Uh, I mean, yeah, that means <laughs> it'd be. I mean, it it wouldn't be a good. It wouldn't be. Good basketball, really, but be funny. Not the best it could be, at least. It'd be a good Twitter series. Yeah, good clips would come out. So I guess that means that uh, stepping up into the into the starting role or one of the starting roles for the Timberwolves is going to have to be Torian Prince. Which I mean, that might be a good thing for them because you know, uh, every once in a blue moon, Torian Prince is uh, (laughs) the best shooter alive. Yeah, he'll shoot. He'll have a hundred twenty percent. I should. Shooting. I shouldn't say once in a blue moon. I should probably just say literally once. And I'm yeah. talking about April twentieth when <laughs> they played the Knicks. And Ryan, uh, you were uh, you watched this entire game. What? How yeah. did Torian Prince go twelve for thirteen from the floor, eight for eight from three for thirty five points? <laughs> well, nobody was nobody was really playing defense in that game. I, the final score was something like one. 40 to 135 or something. Yeah. But yep. the the Timberwolves shot as a team, 
I want to say 80% from three in the first half. Um, I think by the end of the game, they maybe got down to 65%. Uh, but he kind of led the charge of just shooting threes, and he's pretty open for most of them, and just knocking them all down. And really simple as that, where you can play bad defense, and for the most part, most teams aren't good enough to shoot that good a percentage in-game even against a bad defense because there's just enough going on to where it's not it's not like you're on an empty court. Um, but they they kept it up for the whole game and yeah he's, just, he he certainly did. I mean it was on it was unbelievable. He just could not miss. Yeah, I, I should say it was March 20th. I think it's April 20th, which obviously that has that date hasn't quite happened yet. But uh that yeah, that was the game where Julius Randle scored 57 points and the Knicks lost. Yeah. So that was yeah. uh, and if he scored sixty, they still would have lost. <laughs> he needed about sixty five that night for them to probably pull out that win. So that's yeah, that's it was fun. uh it was really stupid. So yeah. So we get those uh those playing games on so what let's see. We've got like you said, the Heat and the uh I already forget. Heat and Hawks. Yes. Uh and then the Lakers and the Timberwolves on Tuesday decide the seven seeds, which I think pretty pretty easily I'm gonna I'm gonna call that Lakers Lakers and Heat. Yeah. Um and then you get Raptors Bulls in Toronto and Pelicans Thunder in New Orleans as the nine ten games. As much as I wanna as I want the Thunder to make a run here that'd be as much as fun as it would be the pelicans have been really good to end the year outside of blowing that game to the timberwolves and they they were really really terrible down the stretch of that game like they they had several opportunities to take the lead and just couldn't because the the timberwolves were kind of matching them um they just made maybe one or two more plays but um yeah they played the thunder in what I think will probably be actually a really good game, the names don't probably. the names don't jump out at you. But um, even without Zion, who's I guess gone forever, they I guess. <laughs> they play they play a pretty fun brand of basketball as do the Thunder. So that'll be that'll be a good one. Both games on Wednesday, the, the nine and ten games, both five point um, five point uh, underdogs for the road teams, basically. So yeah, I don't. I don't really ex- like. I don't really know what to expect from like, let's say, the Hawks and Raptors game. After like the Hawks would lose and the Raptors would win, that they're both forty-one and forty-one. Um, I'd be hard pressed to go against the Raptors with more playoff experience, but it would be a game, and that game would be in Atlanta. The uh, only the only thing I'm gonna say is that the Hawks for. I guess several months now have been within one game of 500 or something like that. There's a yeah, games. it's a and one game. Yeah, they've either been they've either been 500 or within a game of it. So they for... sit at 500 right now, mm. which means they can't they can't lose two games in a row. They're gonna have to. Mm, that's a good point. They're either gonna have to win win tomorrow, and if they lose tomorrow, then they have to win on Friday. It's just it's just math. So, yeah, so that makes it's, sense. It's, yeah, I gotta go with the Hawks then. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to win tomorrow. Don't see it. The Heat are the yeah. Heat, they'll lose and then they'll win. They'll be the eight seed. There you go. Trey Young has been 
terrible against the Heat. Like they just because the the Heat just bully everybody. They don't really play basketball. They just kind of like punch you in the stomach for uh, for forty eight minutes. So that that's not going to go well for them, especially in Miami. Um, but when uh, when was the last time we saw such a fall off from like a a quick rise to like somewhat superstars status to just being completely irrelevant the way that Trey Young has like in the last year or two because the Hawks are just so mediocre it's incredible it's great like we said they can't stay away from being a 500 and Trey Young wasn't even an all-star this year like and he's, he's not a I mean he's, he's not the best player on his team <laughs> no DeJounte Murray's better than him yeah like it, in kind of every way except maybe maybe three-point shooting but yeah they they just haven't improved I guess I mean, I don't follow the Hawks that closely, but uh, whatever, whatever lightning in a bottle they caught in that, you know, it was that one playoff run against the the Knicks, and then I guess what was it, the Sixers? It was the Sixers, yeah, where they completely ruined the Sixers and blew them up, and they traded Ben Simmons, yeah, because yeah. Ben Simmons refused to take a layup. And so everyone's talking about the Hawks as you know the next team in the East, and they're going to be contending for you know the next five or so years at least with Trey Young leading the charge, but they haven't they haven't really improved the team and in some places they've, they've kind of gotten worse with some role players and um, you know, obviously on a playoff run like that is they, they were a five seed. You kind of have to catch several role players on a real good hot streak. And they kind of did that, but yeah, even since then it just has not been the same. They have not had any postseason success. And um, you would think DeJounte Murray being as good as he is like would kind of elevate them but it's been been more of the same so i don't don't expect much from them. i expect a loss tomorrow and then maybe maybe a win on friday um yeah i mean they then, fired I mean, their yeah even then yeah they're facing the, the bucks in the first round so yeah that's good luck with that that's the thing we said <laughs> even last last episode was i mean the eastern conference first round it's it's basically Knicks Knicks Cavs and then like watching to see how many how many times the top 3 teams screw up before they eventually move on or have a disastrous end of their season <laughs> right and you figure you know who's going to give the Celtics the best run at the 7 i mean you, you i guess it would be the heat you guess the heat the heat i mean if the heat can shoot 40% from three on a given night, they're going to beat you because they'll probably hold you to, you know, in the playoffs especially, the way the, the playoffs go. I mean, they might be holding teams to 105 points a night, um, not some of these regular season totals we've seen. But um, even then, the Heat's defense has not been quite as good late in the season. I, I assume it's wear and tear because they play very uh, very aggressive style defense. They put a lot of pressure on in the half court, they're very annoying to play against. Um, so we'll see if they can crank that up for the playoffs. But they're relying on a lot of guys who are kind of just names out of their prime. Um, Jimmy Butler is, I mean, you would think. I thought Jimmy Butler was on his last legs two or three years ago, but it's got to be the case now. Kyle Lowry's nothing special. Special Victor Oladipo is nothing special. They're relying on a lot of these undrafted guys who have to kind of, yeah. And then, them. and then, and then they have like a bunch of guys that 
can shoot threes or play defense, but not both. And then they have Bam, who is like, he's definitely their second best player, maybe even their best player at times, but he doesn't really score. So that's like kind of what holds them back. No, he's more of like a, he's kind of one of these facilitating bigs. Um, yeah. But like how much is there to but without facilitate being a shooter, to? It's, like... it's, it's Tyler Hero. It's, you know, can you get Max Struess on a good night? Like, and then Duncan Robinson has just been unplayable in the playoffs because of his defense. Yeah. And he's, I mean, even when he does play, his three-point shooting's been mostly bad. I mean, he has a good game every now and then. Um, and then you figure Jimmy Butler, we'll see how that looks because his game's evolved to a point where he kind of is just foul baiting. And when you get yeah. to playoffs, that becomes a lot harder to do, it seems. Just, you know, playoff basketball, you can get away with more and all that. They let him play. So we'll see how that that goes because I don't think that's going to be very pretty. Right. Yeah. Duncan um, Robinson shot thirty two point eight percent from three this year. He only played in forty two games. He started one game, played sixteen minutes a game in those games. Yeah. And if that's if that's all you do is three point shooting, you can't. You have to be better than that. That can't be. No. It can't be. You can't shoot thirty two percent as a specialist. That's yeah. Not, they're leaders. Not, that's in three, not NBA yeah, basketball. They're leaders in three point shooting out of, like, guys that have played a, like, notable amount of games is Tyler Harrow with that 37.8%, which is good, especially for the amount of shots he makes. But then it's, I mean, Max Struess is only shooting 35. Jimmy Butler's shooting 35. Like, Kyle Lowry, 34.5. Oladipo, 33. Caleb Martin, uh, 35. It's like, it's, they're just, they're so mid. Like, I knew I the, knew they're the seventh seed for the re- for a reason. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was bad a couple weeks ago. I was watching the Heat play, and Max Struess got into some early foul trouble, and the TV broadcaster said, "Oh, they really can't afford to lose him this early." And it's like, is if he's that important, you got to yeah, call that out if, like that. If yeah, that's like that's Jimmy. That that's some Bam Tyler Hero. Like if you have those three on the floor, you should be able to put out something with the rest. You shouldn't have to rely on Max Struess. As good as he's been for them compared I, to what he's been I, drafted at. I think that is one sentence that can sum up what's going on with the Heat this year <laughs> is they can't afford to lose Max Struess. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, there's there's so much value in a guy like Max Struess. Um, yeah. Because, you know, he's not like a high draft pick or anything. I believe he might have been undrafted, actually. I think you're um, right. But, yeah, you just can't – you can't rely on that when you have – like, like, can Bam not take over a game like that? Like, is has he has not he, really? Has, has he has he kind of capped out? Because there were a couple years. I mean, the Heat they made the 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 bubble finals and um, they made a run. I believe it was was it last year in the playoffs. Um, um, like, is that their ceiling? Is that I mean, because Bam, I, yeah. Bam and Tyler Hero are they're going to be veterans. <laughs> Bam kind of is. I mean, they're going to be veterans here here soon, and we're going to be kind of capped on their potential as so, Jimmy Butler Bam, goes out the door. Yeah, like Bam's going to turn 26 in July, so he's still got time. But that's like you're approaching like your prime, like your peak, I, sh- I should say at least. Jimmy Butler is how 33. By the time next season starts, he'll be 34. Kyle Lowry's might retire after the season. Kyle Lowry's is he probably should is is really bad. Like the, n- nearly unplayable. 
if his name wasn't Kyle Lowry, he, I don't think he'd be on a team playing. He's putting up 11, 11 points, five rebounds, four, or five assists, four rebounds a game. Uh, he shoots 40% from the field. Thirty-four and a half from three, eighty-six from the free throw line, but he only takes two free throws a game. Yeah, that's not good uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And he's not—he's not jumping off the charts athletically either. No, his def- I'm sure he's—I'm sure he's playing hard, hard-nosed defense, but he's slowed down a lot. Yeah, yeah. So not a not a good look. Sorry, also, <laughs> sorry, Garrett. Um, our producer Garrett, listening to this, Heat fan. You know they. I'm. I think they'll probably win tomorrow. They're better than the Hawks. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Good luck. And listen. Who knows what's gonna happen? Maybe we'll get a Celtics collapse. But I don't foresee it in the first round. Yeah. It says a lot that one of their bet. I want it. Seem. It seems like one of their better role players coming down the stretch of the season was Cody Zeller. Uh, <laughs> he was getting minutes for sure down the stretch. It's yeah. funny to see. But. So that's that's going to set us up with the East. What, like we talked about last week, it's the Bucks, the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers are going to breeze through the first round. And if they don't, then it's a problem that w- then we can address that, that can we can throw up the red flag then and there. Uh, we talked about the Cavs and uh, Knicks series, which should be fun. Uh, personally, I guess I'd have to pick the Cavs. Uh, to win that series, but I, I can see it going six six to seven. Yeah, for like, me, it's um, we should get some news on Julius Randle this week. That's right. That's and, yeah, that's the big thing. Um, you know, is it going to be he'll come back and he'll play, but there will be some minutes issues. If he does play, will he be full strength? And if he does play, is it going to be game one, two, three, four? Are we going to have to go to game six before he can see the court? I think later this week we'll have more clarity on that. I think Jalen Brunson can make up for a lot of his offense offensive game because he, I mean, he, you know, he did it last year in the playoffs when Luke was out. He just went off. Yeah. Um, and he's he's just such, he's a really good player and point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think where it becomes more of a hit to the Knicks as a whole is, I mean, it it kind of shortens their bench even more. And then also you have Obi Toppin starting, which he can put up some points um, if he's if he's featured a little bit. He's capable. He's he's become a pretty solid three point shooter, but his defense is not there at all, and that's where it really hurts him hurts him more um, when they're out. You know, especially against a team like the Cavs, who uh, you know Donovan Mitchell gets a lot of the height, but their bigs are really really good. So you you consider you got Obi. <laughs> down there at the four it's not it's not pretty on defense so i i'm interested to see what we hear it was the the main thing is it was a two weeks and then a reevaluation for randall um and usually if if we're only reevaluating in two weeks it's he's probably gonna miss a little more time i think but we'll see how he's healed up i mean we haven't really heard anything since the injury so that'll be interesting but i think regardless it's it's gonna be fun series i think It'll probably be one of those, you know, if, can somebody win one game on the road? Because I think, um, I mean, the Cavs have been really good at home this year, and the Knicks had a rough start at home, but but since have been 
been pretty solid. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to go. I, I really don't. I think you'll probably see Donovan Mitchell take over a game or two. Um, but outside of that, I mean, this thing, I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't be shocked at all if it went seven because uh, based on the regular season series these teams played, they went back and forth a little bit. The Knicks kind of pulled out some close wins, but they were clearly some evenly matched squads. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Cavs in – I'll say seven. I'll give, the, I'll give the Knicks some credit. Maybe six if Julius Randle misses a good portion of the series. Um, I think when when all else fails, look to who is the best player in the series, and I think it's Donovan Mitchell. And throw in that Evan Mobley is already a defensive player of the year type of candidate. I go along with Darius Garland can put up a lot of points, even though neither him or Mitchell is going to play a lot of defense. So I do think Brunson's going to be able to put up points. Yeah, um, and I, th- I think another thing to look for for the Knicks is going to be is RJ Barrett going to have any good games? <laughs> That's exactly what I was. I figured because you were going to go with that. R- RJ Barrett. Yeah. The biggest issue is he is overall been a net negative for the Knicks. But it's the frustrating part of that is now and then he will come out and he'll, you know, go eight of 13, you know, four of six from three and put up something like 25 points. Like he'll, he'll come out and be really efficient. Um, but then all of a sudden he goes three games and it, it's just all falls apart again. So if he can get out of this habit of, of really making terrible decisions, um, he gets tunnel vision to the rim. Uh, he likes to stop and then not be decisive. It's stuff like that. Um, and just limit the threes he takes. Like, I get you're open in the corner. They're probably going to give you that. You can go ahead and take some of those. He's pretty he's pretty decent from the corner. But the rest of them, sometimes you got to be a little self-aware there and um, just hold off and move the ball around. But... If they can get some of that, I think I think he'll probably be okay since he's not going to be playing with Randall. Funny enough, <laughs> I think that, that helps him on certain yeah. nights, just the way that offense flows. But that, that's going to be the. I mean, if if he can come out and have a solid series with only one kind of bad game, then they'll be in pretty good shape. But you just can't you can't rely on him night to night, and that's his biggest issue. I I get the the feeling that this is going to be the the series that exposes RJ Barrett to like the general NBA public like in in a, in a sense in the sense that you know we're only still a couple a, a handful of seasons in RJ Barrett's career he's gotten better here and there improved his scoring output Maybe people that have casually kept up with the NBA for this season, every now and then they see the big numbers for RJ Barrett. I mean, oh man, RJ scored thirty-one points against the you know the the Magic tonight, and it's like they're they're kind of up to date, thinking, well, man, RJ Barrett's doing pretty solid. Like the Knicks are the five seed; he's like the third, like the third best scorer on the team. Uh, this and that, and then they get to the playoffs against the Cavs. And he has two or three games where he shoots like five of 17 from the field. <laughs> and NBA Twitter is just going to have at it. 
and that's going to be the, that's going to set the tone for RJ Barrett going in the next year where yeah. he's, on, he's on fraud he's I think this this series probably ends with RJ Barrett on fraud alert to the to the <laughs> to the general to the general NBA uh fan uh conglomerate there's definitely going to be a game where the Knicks lose by 3 points at home and RJ Barrett was 0 of 7 from 3 and everybody <laughs> else, and every, and everybody else was just like fine <laughs> man like, it's going to be one of those where it's like well if he was just 2 of 7 they win the game type yeah. of game so yeah i mean i'm already i'm already prepared for it. it it there's no way it can be more disappointing than the hawks series although the one win was great <laughs> yeah like donovan mitchell going off is going to be far less infuriating than than Trey Young succeeding <laughs> because Trey like Donovan Mitchell will beat you by like looking like a really good basketball player and Trey Young Trey Young will beat you by you know hitting a logo 3 every once in a while and then drawing like eight fouls so yeah I'm cool I'm cool with it Trey Young Trey Young is essentially as it stands like 80% of like Houston James Harden, yes. which is to say, like he's he's putting up twenty six and ten instead of like thirty six and ten, like James Harden would do. Yeah, uh, which results in you being the the eighth seed instead of the five seed in the West, like Harden would get the 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 Rockets to. Yeah, so that's about where that gets you. Um, Harden has not missed the playoffs, I don't think, in his whole career. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the East. Um, if I had to call the East now, it's tough because you don't know about injuries going into it. Uh, because the Celtics are totally different. If Robert Williams is healthy or if he's hurt, the Bucks like Chris Middleton is in and out of the lineup a lot, like has been a lot this year. And of course, with the the Seventy Sixers, Harden and Embiid. Especially Embiid missing. If he were to miss games, it'd be like, well, <laughs> the Sixers are probably cooked. Um, I would, I would assume that it'll be Bucks Celtics, and that series probably goes seven games. Like it, it kind of. I think that's what it did last year. Um, yeah, pretty, fairly different teams. I mean, the way they're structured. Um, I think it'd be a very interesting series to get. But yeah, I, I, mean, I, would, I got I got to go. I, I I would have to go with the Bucks. I think. Yeah. I think they 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 finally got over that hump and figured things out. Um, but I don't see that being a one off because they they still are a really good team. Javon Carter was top fifteen in three point shooting in the NBA percentage wise. That's pretty crazy. Yes, yeah. he was not really a shooter at WVU. No, he was um, he was. He was a good shooter at WVU because, like, he was at WVU. He was like, yeah, <laughs> and they're all he was, bad he shooters. Was a, really, he was mostly like a pull-up mid-range guy. Yeah, um, but I think you know, Brooke Lopez is going to probably finish second in Defensive Player of the Year to Jaron Jackson Jr. More like, most likely, um, or at least that's like the betting favorite betting odds have it at, I believe. Uh, Giannis, I don't know how Giannis has never won Defensive Player of the Year. It's almost like he's too good at offense. It's in, in a weird way. If you're too good at offense, your defense, should, like people are just like, oh, he's good at everything. So he's not yeah. a defensive player. The it's award like... kind of has become that where it's like, I'm, I can't even think of another award that I can compare it to. 
Um, because like even in baseball, like Gold Glove guys, you still see plenty of them who are who are also really good hitters. In basketball, it's just become, it's just become like who is the best defender, and they also cannot be like their team leader in offense. Yeah, it's like you, you, don't, keep, don't, you, you don't have to, it. you have to be known for your defense specifically. It's like a reputation. I mean, the, obviously, stats play a key part. Like, the winner of that is usually at least top three in most um, important uh, defensive statistical categories. But yeah, it is. It's like reputation of, well, yeah, this guy can't shoot. <laughs> okay, I, I, I just, I just thought here's. I have a question. Has Giannis reached the like Patrick Mahomes status of the NBA, where? He's kind of clearly the best player, but we just kind of screw around. And, like, when it comes to MVP or whatever else, we just constantly think of other people to give the award to. Like, the, the, what happened, like, obviously, Mahomes won MVP this year, his second one, but he's, Mahomes has been in the league for four seasons now. And, you know, he missed a, a handful of games in one of those seasons, but there was clearly just like a lot of, a lot of MVP discourse went around players other than Patrick Mahomes over these last four years. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I mean, Giannis is so good. He is the best player. I have trouble, and maybe this is my some football bias because football is the bigger sport. Um, but I almost feel like Mahomes is better at his sport than Giannis is at his just because Mahomes I, is like, I, I do Ma- think yeah. I think and I only think that <laughs> um because at this point it's like Mahomes is probably the best to ever do this yeah and I it's think only, it's just, it's only... there is a similar I think there is a similar phenomenon happening with Giannis I think not if you to look the at, same level I think it in terms of M- MVP voting I think yes that's what we're doing it, the yeah. same thing happened with LeBron uh, 10 oh, years yeah. ago, LeBron yep. for, you know, I mean, definitely in all the heat years and a couple tacked onto that should have been winning MVP. Um, but it's just like, he's so good, especially in that era, because I think right now we have more great players than we did 10 years ago. I think the league, <laughs> there's just more, I think there's more overall greatness. I think we've become better at basketball as, as a, as a, as, as the human race yeah. <laughs> has evolved. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's become easier to do that with Giannis just because of how many, I mean, you know, Jokic is great and we're almost doing it with him where statistically he's right up there. Um, but it's like, well, he just won it. And we don't really want to, we don't want to do this again with him. Right. <laughs> and there was, so it's it, like, it's, it's like, it's, uh... It, it seems like it's probably going to go to Embiid this year based on yeah. what some I was of about these straw pulls. What I was about to say was I think Jokic has had the best statistical season. Giannis is the best player. And Embiid is going to win MVP. <laughs> <laughs> That's very like, fair. Yeah. But the thing is, I don't really mind. First of all, if you care who wins MVP, I like in any sort of like significant way. You, there's other things to worry about. Um, but I don't really mind that that's how it's going to shake out because I do think, like, Joel Embiid not having an MVP yet this far into his career is kind of wild. 
just by how good he is. Obviously, you know, there's been other players. I do think Embiid was probably going to win last year if he did not miss games down the stretch of the season. Absolutely. To, to where his games played number was pretty was like noticeably and significantly lower than Jokic. So I think that's how that would have sh- shook out. So I guess you could kind of argue that Embiid in a just world would have won last year and and Jokic would win this year cuz since the Nuggets are the are the one seed. So it shakes out in the end I'd say. It's almost like in like the Oscars where mm. there will be a younger actor give what really is the best performance but they give it to the older actor who wasn't as good but has had a great career. They kind of did that with like Jamie Lee Curtis this year. That's definitely who, that's and, like what they did with her. And it seems the, like, the, yeah. the way it translates into basketball is like we can't give the MVP to, as a lifetime achievement when someone's like 38. We have to give it to them while they're still in their prime because that's the only time they can win it. Yeah. And so like this is the year for Embiid. Like if Embiid has these same numbers next year, it probably will not go to him assuming Jokic is there and and Giannis, like next year, if all three of these players put up these same numbers, it might just go to Giannis because it's like, well, I, that's, he hasn't, he hasn't I, that's exactly what I was going to say. I think all of three of these players and all three of these teams could have the same stats and I think, yeah, it, it, I mean, all the they could all have the same stats and records, and Giannis would win next year. Yeah, it's because it's, I mean, it's. People talk about narratives, and that that plays a a role, I guess, because like the Sixers, as a team, look better. You know, they're I mean they're still I, I don't say only third in the East, but you know they're not the top dog. But as a team, they look as good as they they have since this whole Embiid thing started, and that's played a role. But at the end of the day, it comes down to like the, even the voters don't want to see the same person year over year. It's just more fun to have a different different player when MVP so it's like you twice in a row you don't really see too often these days um and I mean they're not going three times in a row so yeah beat I mean and listen it, it's been really close based on stats and narratives and straw polls but um I still I still think Embiid will, will eke it out yeah that's more time spent on the Eastern Conference than I thought we were going to by by a good bit yeah, um, I mean, we, we did some some pretty good West breakdowns and and scenarios last week. So yeah, so we we, we kind of skimmed over these because they were <laughs> they were already done. They were already locked yeah. up. The the thing with the West now is that we actually have the matchups. Like we knew the teams, we just didn't know what order they'd be in. Uh, so the Nuggets are going to get the eight seed. The Lakers are going to or not the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers we're going to say we're going to predict will be the seven seed, and facing the the Grizzlies. We're getting the Kings and the Warriors in the 3-6, and we're getting the Suns and the Clippers in the 4-5. Um, man, the Suns' backups and, like, bench warmers almost cost cost themselves, like, a harder series. <laughs> like, they, they almost beat the Clippers and knocked them down to the 6 to make them the, the Suns have to play the Warriors. Yeah. Man, I, 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 think, I wish I could have seen that. <laughs> right. I, like... I think the Western Conference Finals is going to be the Suns and the Warriors. <laughs> like, man, I we would just 
we would be so blessed for the 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 narrative and the the tweets if we could get Suns Warriors. I mean, KD versus the Warriors, right? It's, it's incredible. It just, I mean, it, you know, it writes itself. And we're but... we're already starting off with getting KD versus Russ in the that's first gonna round. Be, that's going to be hilarious. And because Russ is not that good, but he no. can, he might have a good night. It, it, He's it been good happen. for the Clippers down the stretch of the season in particular. Like he's been good enough. He's been putting up good numbers with them, especially since like Paul George has, has gone down. Uh, so that'll be an interesting thing. I don't think the Clippers win more than two games in this series. Um, if they make it the six, I think they're lucky. I think it's more like Suns maybe in five. Uh, yeah. Assuming that's like, you know, the Suns continue to play as well as they have with KD and no one gets hurt. You know, Chris Paul is bound to get hurt at some point during the playoffs, but that's because it's Chris Paul. But <laughs> it might not matter if it happens against the Clippers. Um, I think it becomes more interesting when you get to the Nuggets in the second round. So it'll be it'll be a fairly tough road for the Suns. They're the four seed, so they would have to go and take on the Nuggets, not have home court advantage in that series. Assuming you know the Nuggets don't do anything disastrous in the in the first round, which I wouldn't think, because they'll probably be playing <laughs> Pelicans or the Timberwolves. Um, they might rest their starters. Or the Lakers. Time. Or the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> it, Nuggets-Lakers would be tremendously interesting. That would be. Because I think the Lakers probably, they probably have a shot. <laughs> like, all it takes is that, that, that surrounding cast to be league average. And if you can tap into playoff LeBron and AD isn't complete garbage shooting the ball. Those are all very doable things. It's basically role players be average. Don't be huge net negatives. AD can, he doesn't even have to be superstar level. Just be, be solid, you know, grab some rebounds, play some good defense and just hope LeBron can have maybe one last great playoff run in him. Because eventually LeBron is going to actually look old. It hasn't really happened yet outside of some more injuries these past couple years. But I think if he can come out and, you know, do the playoff LeBron thing, like just come out and be like, oh, yeah, he had 40 points and 40-point triple-double. I don't think he can average that for a series, but it can happen on any given night. Right. Then, yeah, they can beat beat the, uh, the Nuggets. The Nuggets have, they, they underwhelm me as a one seed. They, they 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 were not particularly great down the stretch, and I don't know if it's resting guys got them out of whack because they've been more or less locked in. I know they had that two game lead on Memphis coming into it, but they've they're they're self aware enough to know that like they could afford to drop a game here and there. Yeah. Um. I they I don't know. We'll see if they can turn it on. I mean, you think at this point they had to figure it out, like. It's been too many years in a row for the, the Nuggets really underachieving in the in the postseason. So the Nuggets would be the four seed in the East just by record. And they'd only be two games ahead of the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers will be the two seed, or they'd be tied for the two seed, maybe the three, if they were in the West. Like the the Western Conference records are not not very good. Like the, the Clippers and Warriors would be in the play-in 
if they were in the East. Like, somehow. Because the Nets are sitting there with 45 wins, even though they traded all their all-star players halfway through, halfway through the season. The Nets, the Nets hung on better than I thought they would. I thought they'd completely yeah. fall off, but like they were still like a semi-competitive team uh, down the stretch there. Yeah, so, Mikhail, I mean, Mikhail Bridges they're... really hung in there. Yeah, I mean they'll get they're I think they're going to get bounced pretty easily in this first round, but like they yeah. they stayed out of the play, and I never thought they would. I thought the Heat were for sure going to jump up in there, but yeah, um, yeah, the West. I, I don't know if it's that there is more parity, and that you know everybody's kind of beating up on each other a little bit more whereas the east is a little bit more top heavy even all the way down to down to the, the sixth spot but um yeah i don't know i mean it's just a weird year in the west where we're looking at the clippers and the the warriors and the lakers um and you know the suns i know that the kd trade is makes that one a little bit different but we're looking at these teams down middle of the pack playing like actually competing in the first round whereas the east you know we look at it and it's you know the knicks might win their series and that's the best we can do <laughs> like this right. this is a very topsy-turvy i mean i don't think anybody trusts those top three teams the kings being because they haven't been here they're offensive heavy they don't really play defense i mean they they allowed <laughs> It's not the advanced metric, but regardless how you look at it, they allowed 118 points a game um, and still managed to have the record they do. The Grizzlies, we all know the, the turmoil they've faced. And then the Nuggets are the team that's good, good, really good, but they haven't really proved it in the postseason yet. So unless these top three come out and prove that they are the best, I don't think anyone's going to be real inclined to, to believe in them to go far. No, I can see this being a situation where the Western Conference first round looks really exciting on paper, but then we get into it and like th- like all of or like all but one of the series are three to one after four games. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, it's definitely possible. I mean, I think. Yeah, like I, on I, paper, I, I don't think I don't think anybody on paper is going to disagree that like they they could be competitive, but yeah, it is it is one of those things you get out there and it's. You know, these top seeds get that first home game and they're juiced up. Because, I mean, you, you look at the Kings, and I know they have the Warriors, and people are going to want to favor the Warriors. But at the very least, the Kings coming out for that first playoff game yeah. with that offense. Yeah, I mean, and that, the fact that the Warriors, like, have won no games on the road this year. Right, and that, you know, that's that series might tighten up as it goes on as, you know, the Warriors being the veteran team and, They've done this a million times, but uh, and then getting Wiggins back also. But I don't see why the Kings can't jump out and have a good start in that one. It's, it's I don't think it's going to be a sweep by any means by the Warriors, as some people think. But no, yeah, I think I think that goes six games. I think maybe the Kings can make it interesting, get it to seven. But I think eventually I've got to go with the Warriors and the experience. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm probably going to be pulling for that that Warriors Suns. Um. Yeah. Final I, because that would just be amazing, and maybe it's a blessing in disguise that they missed each other in the first round, <laughs> so then we could maybe get it for with with higher stakes. But yes. Yeah. I mean, I listen. If if the Kings can play that brand of basketball that they've been into the playoffs, if they can make that work, then they'll be just fine. But you just 
you tend to see lower scoring games and the all offense, no defense teams kind of kind of falter where they they really shouldn't. So. Yeah. I think in terms of intrigue, the series that I want are the Suns Warriors, Bucks Celtics, Celtics Sixers, Suns Nuggets. I think we're gonna get all of those series. And I think those will be the interesting ones. Because I think but in the end and, and then it's like the what are the Lakers? What happens with the Lakers? Can we get Lakers Warriors? Like can can the can the Lakers grab the seven seed and then upset the Grizzlies? I really want to pick the Lakers, but I don't know. I just like their team, their core, their new their new group there hasn't been together super long. I just, I just I don't know. I I think either way, either of those teams probably loses to the Warriors. Um, in a in a tight series, I'd say fairly yeah. tight, like six games. And, and that's the thing we we don't even know all of these matchups for sure yet. I mean, who these one game play in games? I mean, the one game sample size you don't see it too often in the NBA. This is a relatively new thing, so you never know what kind of chaos will take place. Like we might be talking about the the Bulls and the Thunder playing playoff games here soon. Right. We just don't we just don't know what's gonna happen. So that's what makes it even all the more interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with chalk in terms of the betting odds right now. I'm gonna say that the finals is Suns and Bucks, which is weird considering that was the finals just you know two years ago. But it, it's going to feel completely different because KD's on the Suns. Yeah. <laughs> um, which makes it interesting. I mean, the Bucks. I mean, think about it in that sense. It'll be like, well, the, that was a good series. The Bucks won, but now the Suns will have KD. So it sounds sounds fun to me. Yeah, and, and you know, the and now that the Bucks would be there having already won uh, a title, and then you get the Suns coming back, not only with KD, but the, uh, the Suns who aren't, you know, new to the party. Because, uh, I mean, that was, you know, the Suns just came out of nowhere. It felt like, I mean, they got Chris Paul and just took off. Um, so that team's going to look different. And guys like Booker are going to be probably a little more used to used to the, the big bright lights. So, yeah, yeah, that's that that would be I mean, there, there's a lot of potential matchups that, that could be fun. We're 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 pretty far off now from the. Oh yeah, it's gonna be you know Cavs Warriors, and then we move. Yeah, on. that's that's <laughs> nice exactly what I was that. about to say. I think the NBA is in a good place right now, where it's now like a a good run of three or three or four years of there aren't any like super like obvious like oh well of course this team is gonna get to is gonna win the championship or this team's gonna get to the finals. Like we're in a good spot now where it's like yeah. In the East, I think it'll be Bucks or Celtics, but we don't know which one for sure, which means they should have a really good series against each other. And in the West, it's like, well, we think it'll be the Suns, but they're the four seed. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we're in a good spot. There's no super team like just plowing through everyone. There's good it's actual parody in the league. So Yes. And then you you know, fun. the play the playing on top of it, it's that many more fan bases who who might have a glimmer of hope to even just play playing a playoff series for for four extra games so um definitely because i mean man we went we went a good decade of this team has lebron the east is weak that's for sure and then it was kind of just like the spurs and then the warriors (laughs) and that was the decade 
But at the very uh, least, you had the drama of will LeBron win the finals? But then you had those, you know, what two years where it's like LeBron's going to lose the finals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but it, again, that was yeah four years in a row of LeBron versus the Warriors, one way or another. Um, but yeah, that's that's our East, that's our NBA playoff preview. There, uh, we've set ourselves a, a hard out for this episode, right? Yeah, we're, we're we're throwing it back to the radio days where we're right, we got to yeah. get off. So we'll we'll time. take these. We'll take we'll take uh we'll take ten minutes here. Uh, pr- pretty notable uh news for this podcast and for the NFL in general that I I was not expecting this. I this came out of like the the report that they were throwing the offer out to him. I was like, oh okay, yeah. I mean, I figured they'll try at least, but I did not think it was going to end up uh, happening. The Ravens signed Odell Beckham Jr. to a one-year contract, fifteen million guaranteed, eighteen million uh, possible with incentives. Um, and it seems like Lamar was essentially recruiting him to, like, hey, come to the come to the Ravens, um, even though the contract negotiations have seemingly not gotten any closer to being done with. So. It's, yeah, it's this it's was a fun. It's a fun th- sign. It was interesting because I mean, you know, finally, Odell lands on a team for start. I mean, that that was its own story for a year now. Yeah. Um, and he got probably more money than people thought he would. I know that the the way the the deal is structured, it's kind of interesting. Um, big signing bonus, pretty pretty low salary, and then a a few million in possible incentives, which I don't know that we've heard those yet um it's probably games played if games i had to get played it. and maybe or maybe yards yeah maybe something probably something pretty basic like that um so that's its own story and then you you know the whole lamar thing obviously looms over it because now you look at it and it's like well if lamar was involved it's been reported he was he was involved in this in yep. recruiting him um and now it's like you know, you we see the the screenshot of them on Facetime together, and mm-hmm. that Lamar cool. posted. Yep. That, yeah, and so now it's it's like, well, where do we stand here? Like, because you know we haven't had any updates on they're getting closer on on a resolution. Lamar, it's it's a one year deal, so it's not like a you know okay the Lamar thing will dr- maybe drag on and then he can come play with Odell. It, so is is he gonna play on the? franchise tag or are they going to work something out like we still don't know the future but it's like you would think <laughs> you would think things are in a better spot than they were yeah before all this came together you would think i mean they're yeah they're trying to you know the nelson Aguilar thing was kind of funny but yeah <laughs> but Joe, i mean yeah this shows like yeah it's just a one-year deal for what i assume some teams think are damaged goods um, but you know, he's had a full, I mean, by the time the season comes around year and a half to recover from this injury. Yeah. And it's um, only an ACL. It's an ACL tear, which sounds bad, but like, as of like 10 years ago, yeah, guys, come back. ACL is not an anywhere near like career ending career threatening injury for football players. Like the, the medical the, the science is just like, it's improved and guys yeah, are so... making quicker recoveries and better recoveries. 
So, yeah, you factor that into it, and, you know, maybe he loses, like, a half step or something just between age and that. But, I mean, he's still, like, going to be a really good wide receiver. Um, and so now you just wonder, like, is is there more news on Lamar coming? Uh, is, like, like I, at this point, if he's recruiting somebody to the Ravens, you would think <laughs> he thinks he's going to be on the Ravens. Um, yeah. One way or another, I don't know what's gonna transpire there but yeah i mean this has got to this if you're a ravens fan you got to be optimistic about this one compared to the i requested a trade news because that was the probably the worst the worst piece of news in all of this um still a lot of unknown but definitely a more optimistic viewpoint definitely that i've seen on twitter um but yeah it's like you wonder lamar would seem to think he's going to be on the Ravens this year. Yeah. Um, and, and how, what, what will the payday be? Will it be a franchise tag or will it be a, a proper contract is the thing. Yeah. What Joe, I saw Josina Anderson uh, suggest that there could be a situation where the long-term contract they eventually agree to is like something close to fully guaranteed for three years as opposed to like five or what they could do is to make good for Lamar and make sure he shows up and plays the season is that they bump him up to the exclusive franchise tag number of 45 million instead of 32. And they do it in a way it's like that lets them get around the cap. Like they they put it into incentives and roster bonuses, like stat, like stat landmarks and, and things like that. Just be like, you know, if you come, if you agree to show up this season and play, come like tr- come to training camp, so that we can in- incorporate you in the new offense. We'll bump you up from the thirty-two to the forty-five, and then we'll we'll worry about this next year. Which, yeah, because then at that yeah. point, you, you figure the incentives will be some like pretty standard stuff that like if he does play, you know, the whole year, maybe even misses a game, that he hits all of them just by by virtue of him playing and being as good as he is in that offense so right and then yeah when it comes to like the actual football thing with Odell he's 30 he's had some injuries he gets banged up here and there which is you know typical for a Ravens wide receiver signing um (laughs) but I, I don't really know what to expect from him I think as long as he stays healthy he should be like good like I'm not expecting him to be the old you know, 2014, 2015 Odell. But if he can, like, just do what he did for the Rams, which was be a, like, very good receiver, you put him with Todd Munkin, him and Rashad Bateman stay healthy, which is obviously not a guarantee, but if they stay healthy, and that's, and Lamar's back, that's a, that's a damn good offense to me. Yeah, and you figure, you know, I, he's had so much time off, I mean, outside of the ACL, you figure any like lingering bumps, bruises, all that he's had so much time to just kind of let all of that heal. He should come in, you know, as, as fresh as he could possibly be. Um, you know, it's just a matter of a good training camp to like get into that, you know, what they call football shape. Um, Cause it does, it does become hard to jump back in and take those hits, but he's going to be fresh. And, you know, compared to what the Ravens have had, I know they've had their, they're, um, you know, Bateman and, and Duvernay have been solid for them. It's, it's been 
it's been pretty dire at times. So I think those two have been a solid upgrade. But I mean, yeah, if you, if Odell comes back at anything close, then he's definitely going to be the number one guy there. Yeah, brings the, if, the, the experience as well. Yeah, if Odell can be the clear number one, or at least just the D number one then the offense makes a lot more sense. Because I think at this point in his career, Rashad Bateman's a, a number two, who can be a one as he starts to get better. He's only played two seasons, and really it's really he's only played one at most because of injuries. And then Duvernay is, I think, at best a three. You know, on, like, on a good passing offense, he's your number three receiver, or he's your, probably your number four, honestly. And then Nelson Aguilar also is like, he's your number four, number five. If he's anything more than that, then that's pretty bad. Uh, but now he is the number four, so not too bad. And then you and if he, throw if Mark he... Andrews in the mix, and you throw in the running backs, and Lamar Jackson seemingly being back, and an offensive line where they do need to replace Ben Powers at left guard, but otherwise healthy Ronnie Stanley, healthy uh, Morgan Moses, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler, and then the defense, I mean, the Ravens are back, folks. <laughs> We're back. All it took was Odell to, to come to come to town. Yeah. yeah, as long as Odell can be good and play, you know, 14 games. Yeah, the, and it's at the end of the day, you know, it's a one-year deal. If it goes terribly, then it is what it is. Uh, yeah. And if it goes well, then you hope he doesn't play out of your price range. <laughs> Yeah, there will be some... But that that's the balance there, though. Because if he plays out of your price range, it means you probably had a pretty good season. <laughs> right. So, and yeah, I mean, and you figure also Mark Andrews, the volume he's getting at tight end, your, your number three receiver, wide receiver, becomes a little less important in that type of offense. So, and if they can run the ball effectively, which, you know, I'm sure it, the offense is going to look a little different this season, but... Just run the ball effectively, and yeah, you got all you need in the passing game. Right, yeah. You think every play you're putting out five skilled players. If you think one of the running backs, Mark Andrews, Odell, Bateman, Duvernay. That works for me. Or you can say take Duvernay off the field and put Patrick Ricard at fullback if it's more of a passing or running situation. That's fine. Yeah. You just got to figure out how Lamar will, will show up. Yes. <laughs> There's so. a couple options. You just got to convince him of one. Right. Yeah, or convince just, yourself. Convince yourself of one, also. Yes, as I mean, as has been the moral of the story, as we've talked about every single week. Just pay the man. Exactly. But yeah, that's that's uh, it's a nice like little little episode we we've done here. We've haven't quite hit the the ninety minutes. You might have become accustomed to. Um, right. But. You know, that's that's all the content you could you could possibly need. If you want any more, you can Venmo us and uh, we'll do an extra 10, 15 minute show for you. We'll, yeah. we'll call you. <laughs> yeah, that it's pa- Patreon, except we're too lazy to actually set it up. Yeah. Yeah. The cash app also, you know, we, we're we're flexible. Yeah. Just the <laughs> just at at the, uh, the highly disputed Twitter account. Tell us this. This is your your message for the week. If you're. If you're listening to the end of the show, Garrett, Logan, uh, <laughs> tell us, just give us a number. How many dollars oh, How many dollars a month would you pay for extra highly disputed content? <laughs> and we'll let you pick the topics as well, so if, as long as it's not F1. Yeah. How much would you pay for that? 
All right. Yeah. (laughs) There we go. In honor, in honor of Odell Beckham Jr. Go Rams.